Did it work? Did did the experiment actually work? Of course it did. We were going for damp, gloomy emptiness, right? Where are we, anyway? Uh, great question. I can see a lamppost, and there's two sets of stairs, one up and one down. But I can't quite make out what's beyond them. It's it's surprisingly dark. There's also this door. Nobody home? And locked? And up here there's a light beam? This is starting to seem really familiar. It looks like some kind of library down here. It's strange. I've never been here, but I still have this feeling. There's this stupid fence all around, but if I look just beyond it, I can't see anything. How on earth can it be this dark? It just goes on forever. <gasps> Are you okay over there? See... You're not going to believe this. With the gates of time slowly closing, and, and after, after witnessing, witnessing such bravery, bravery from that kid with that punk hairdo and friends, I find myself with a lot of free time on my hands. Perhaps I'll take up a hobby. Though I may never make the journey home, I can rest assured that the future and the world is safe, and I suppose I can leave behind this legacy of all that took place memory of my home, I dedicate this to Zeal Archives. Welcome to the Zeal Archives, covering the A to Z of the world of Chrono Trigger. This week, we're talking about the Millennial Fair, the place where it all begins. And what a way to begin. I think oftentimes when you start the game, your goal is to rush through it as fast as humanly possible so you can find the plot. But there's like a lot of like weird stuff going on at the fair that only becomes weirder upon multiple plays. I mean, there's also some things that I, about the game that I appreciate that are, are self-consistent. Technically, the Millennial Fair is not the first place you start. You start at Kronos House, but you don't spend a lot of time there. You can maybe explore Truce if you so choose, but then you you do go to the fair because that's what you see the birds, the seagulls flying towards, you see the balloons rise into the sky, and you see the explosions, the fireworks going off. It does a good job of drawing your attention when you first start the game. Yeah, and unlike many RPGs, gives you a very clear call to action without being too handholding. <laughs> when, when you go to talk to everybody in truce, I feel like everyone is like, well, you know, I'm the only one here. Everyone else is at the fair. Must be where the action is. Thing that I learned during the research for this is that... Uh, if you try to go to the market to buy anything, you can't because the person who runs the shop is actually at the fair. He's the person that converts the money, the silver points, into gold for you. Oh, preventing you from buying items immediately. I'm just going to go to the forest and grind and buy like 20 potions. I also found out if you talk to the mayor or if you go to, I think it's the mayor's house, he'll teach you how techniques work and then give you some money. Oh, cool. But we're not talking about truce. We're talking about the Millennial Fair and... Even at the outset of the game, there's a lot of things going on here to kind of draw you into the game. If you already aren't on board with Akira Toriyama's art style or the music of composers like Yasunori Mitsuda, you've got a couple quirky characters in this fair. You've got Norstein Beckler, oh, man. who runs a lab, and 
himself, herself, is a weird disembodied mask with hands. And from my reading is a sorcerer. <laughs> and has Kefka's laugh. Well, I mean, you've got to reuse the space. <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a good sound effect that it'd be a shame to let it only be used in a single game. But yeah, a lot of stuff happening with, with good old Norstein Beckler will make a shockingly realistic doll of you or someone that you request. That, mm, nope, that's a bad taste. <laughs> so there's, there's that. And you can play a number of games there. There's also Gato's exhibit, which if you didn't know, is made by local inventor inventress luca who has made a surprisingly sophisticated singing robot with a boxing glove in its stomach that extends and punches you in the face don't don't get too close because uh he'll counterattack with some multi-punch part that that gator that always that that deterred me from uh from going to him over and over is that you had to listen to a song after in order to get the 15 silver points yeah you can't avoid it no unlike a good friend um epic film guy nick who starts his uh, his game very close to Gatto for a, quite a long time. I can't, like waiting like two seconds for him to finish all his dialogue drives me crazy. So I can't, I can't do it. You also have a dancing exhibit, which to be honest, I don't think I'd even known about until later in my playthroughs of the game. Oh yeah. It's just like an area where you can hear like burn Bobonga and do some dancing, which learning the kind of expressions that your character can make is helpful for some of Nursin Beckler's experiments or games i should say but generally it's just kind of whatever there's the race which i never participated in i i did once upon a time but uh yeah yeah the fact that you can run in front of people and slow them down is is pretty ridiculous i found out for this episode that there are prescribed odds for the different characters Man. the green ambler has a 30 percent chance uh, i think the knight and the soldier both have a 25 percent chance and the cat has the remaining percent chance that's weird that they're not all 25%. No, especially because now that I know that it's 30% for the Green Ambler, I'm always going to bet on them. I mean, those are the odds. The odds will be ever in your favor, and they will be if you bet on the Green Ambler. Also, if you talk to them and slow them down. And also if you talk to the old man nearby who will give you a hint. Does his giving you a hint trigger it? Like if you don't talk to him, it won't be that. But similarly, yeah. if you talk to him and you slow the others down, do you break the time continuum? Whoa. You also have Lean Square, which doesn't have too much going on except for Lane's Bell, which is almost 400 years old and celebrates many, many years of peace with the mystics or fiends or Mizoku, whatever you'd like to call them, who are conspicuously absent from the fair, despite this peace that they have. <laughs> they couldn't make it, but there's still peace. Don't worry about it. They're, they're worshiping their um, fiend lord god. It's fine. Lane's Bell remarkably similar to the... Uh... Liberty Bell. Seems a little smaller, but I've never seen the Liberty Bell in person. Oh, I have. You could stick your head in there. I mean, they won't let you, but but you could if they let you. Other attractions at the fair, the Moonlight Parade, which you don't get to see until the end of the game, and that's why I'm not going to talk too much about it. If you know what I'm saying. So if you want if you want to get silver points, if you want to try and turn some silver into gold here, the race will give you the 20 silver points and is very fixable. You already know who's going to win a majority of the time, and you can slow the other races down. And you talk to the old man. God will give you 15, but you got to listen to him sing both before and after your fight. Uh, you can do the drinking game, which I've done. I've beaten like once to get five silver points, and you can test your strength for one silver point. And you know, if you know the timing, you can do it, but it takes forever. What's a little bit strange about all these different games is you can get these silver points, 
which sure you can convert to money, but it's 10 silver points for 50 gold, and at the beginning of the game, and if this is your first time playing Chrono Trigger, you'll learn that you don't need to spend a lot of money in the game. Pretty much at any point where you need to upgrade your equipment, you have most of the money that you need. So except for some late game things that you can get from Norstein Beckler, you don't really need to do all of the silver point work. No, though one silver point is worth five gold. That's backwards because silver is usually worth less than gold. Yeah, I don't analyze it too much. If you do want to get silver points, though, I would highly recommend just fighting Gato, because even though you might not want to hear him sing, you get to gain some experience. You get 15 silver points, as he mentions every (laughs) single time. And it's probably faster than waiting on the race or doing the drinking game. And to your point of beating it once, G, I I can beat it pretty reliably on the Super Nintendo version, Mm -hmm. and I can't do it on the DS version because I feel like I'm going to destroy the DS. (laughs) Think about it. Five silver points. It's like 25 bucks. Talking about first time playing through Chrono Trigger. If it is your first time playing through Chrono Trigger or you're trying to speed run or you just want to get through the game a little bit quicker. And to that, I don't know why you're playing a JRPG and trying to get through it quickly. You're maybe playing the wrong style of game. But if you enjoy the game, and you just want to get through some of the boring bits. We do have some tips to get you through that. So you can talk to the person by the fountain who's like, oh, by the way, Luca's ready with her invention. I didn't realize that initially when the first couple times I played the game. So I was just wandering around forever. I was trying to find information about, you know, how long is the timer? And I couldn't find it. So short of going through the source code, or in this case, like, I don't know, byte code, I don't know how long the timer is. So you want to skip that? Talk to the person at the fountain way faster. When you meet Marl, if you want to try, if you want her to try the telepod first, talk to her after you agree to test it and she'll just jump right up and do it. And then to uh, to exonerate yourself in the in the uh, in the courtroom scene, do not eat the old man's lunch, which is isn't good, but it's less bad. It's it's something that's very easy to accidentally do on an initial playthrough because you see things, and it's JRPG, so you obviously have to interact with everything. And you see this pink kerchief, and you interact with it, and you ate an old man's lunch. Is it a mid-ether or something? What is it? I think it immediately heals your party because you can. Oh, okay. it, it keeps coming back oh, okay. unhelpfully. Well, then what's his problem? There's also a kitten near the entrance to Gato's area. I think that if you want to be exonerated in the trial scene, you can just avoid talking to the cat and avoid talking to the child who lost the cat, who you will find at the east end of the fair near the entrance to the dancing area. But if you do talk to the girl and you want to save the cat, or if you talk to the girl and you have to save the cat, then Talk to the cat once, carefully escort it across the map. It will get stuck a few times because pathfinding is hard. <laughs> and then make sure to let the cat finish walking up to the girl and then talk to her. And then you'll have saved the cat. Congratulations. You're a good person. Feel good about that. Good person out there. It fundamentally doesn't change the game. But I personally like couldn't never never wanted to, to go through like being the worst like the the most criminal version just to be just to be virtuous <laughs> there's something that feels good about you know being found not guilty yeah. even though you're ultimately going to die but that's <laughs> things that we're going to cover in a later episode when you meet marl and you bump into her talk to her before retrieving her pendant because you're not a greedy money groping magpie and then when she's picking her candy be patient and don't press anything because the game gives you no indication that it hasn't just frozen, but rather someone is the candy person is taking rather a long time to get tomorrow. 
kind of similar to Earthbound, where at one point in the game, a password involves waiting a long time and gives you zero indication that it's ready to accept input. Or uh, GoGo in FF5. What's Sorry, what's that? GoGo is in FF5. He's one of the bosses, famed to mimic GoGo. And he goes, I'm going to do exactly what you do. So to beat him, you don't do anything. That's amazing. <laughs> Millennial Fair, as we've established, a lot going on. Even though it's 1000 AD, surprisingly large number of things going on. Very exciting things for the time. Somehow you have someone who's managed to teleport matter over any amount of distance, which is something that we're only discovering today, as I understand mm-hmm. it, with quantum tunneling and uh, strange action at a distance. And Wonka Vision. And Wonka Vision, yes, of course. You have giant robots, something that we do have. Take that, Luca. But you also have a couple of very strange things for the game for the time period. As mentioned, you have Lean's Bell, which is a symbol of peace between the people of the Kingdom of Guardia and the mystics. But, as mentioned, no mystics around for some reason. They're in Medina Village, hating humans. Good job with that piece there, folks. I was just going to say, it's actually a little bit of, uh, of, you know, the end of World War I. I mean, Germany got clamped down and was like, all right, Germany, cool it. No more world wars. And it was just like a horrible, horrible deal for Germany. Yeah, it seems like like there's peace, but it's like you're, you're looking at it from the view of like the the winning or conquering nation, the one who who's writing the history. And you don't get the other side till a little later. Yes. Uh, you also have another mystery. You have at the fair, as mentioned, there's the race. There's a knight, uh, a soldier, a cat, all things which are you know reasonably normal. You can find a suit of armor. You can wear soldier's gear. And you have cats. Cats are things that exist. But you also have the green ambler, which, hard to tell because it's sprite work, definitely looks like a reptite. Yeah, there's no indication that it's like someone wearing a reptite costume. Also, would people know in 1000 AD what reptites are? I mean, it's sprite work, so they could just resemble a... It's like how we made T-Rexes for Jurassic Park, not knowing that they had feathers. Yeah, that's right. It's like, this is just what we think they look like. Oh, hey, it just happens to look like that. And they nailed it. Yeah, the reptite spot on. (laughs) Yeah, so is that a reptite? If so, what's with that? It's kind of a... um, the Millennium Fair is kind of like an overture, right? You have little bits of things that you're going to encounter later on. Uh, you have a robot. You have the uh, the like cave sword people who are dancing. You have, you know, the knights and the soldiers from 600, and you have a reptite, and you know, you have all these little things that are going to peer throughout your journey and throughout time. But in game, like what, like is it because there's a there's a gate there? Oh, and people have been like like kind of coming through on the sly when the fair is not happening. Right. Like you have people coming in from prehistory and it's like, Oh look, they're just making some music. It's like, no, we're, we're definitely hiding out here because we, we fell through the wrong side of the gate and we don't know what to do. Also, we speak English. Yeah. So you have time refugees who are like adapting to life in the present. In their case, the far distant future. 65 million. The portal in 65 million BC is in, like, the southwest of the world? Yes. Off a cliff. I'm not sure how the shifting tectonic plates would be impacted and if it would make it up to the northern part of the world. Yeah, are all the gates, like, 
contiguous somehow. Like located in the same same coordinates. The same coordinates, the yeah, but like due to tectonic shift, different places. Physically, actually, probably not, but I like the idea of it. Speaking of time refugees, which is not a sentence that I thought I would ever utter. <laughs> what is the deal with Norstein Beckler? I have played the game on several occasions, annually at the very least, and I'm I'm always yes, Norstein Beckler's lab, the weird clown faced tent. That has a weird clown-faced person who does some games to give you some dolls. But I was never made aware of the fact that that character is a sorcerer. And presumably, anyone that can do magic in the world of 1000 AD, you know, that statement carries a lot of baggage with it. Yeah. He's got got weird abilities. He's got like a little dungeon's tent. We know that when Zeal crashed... That was the end of, of magic because the Mammon machine was providing everyone with ma- magical power, right? Or it was the end of most magic. But Norstein Beckler can make magic. None of the main characters of the game can do magic until they talk to Specchio. Yeah. So does that mean that Norstein Beckler is actually from Zeal? I mean, is Specchio also from Zeal? <laughs> Maybe he's trapped in another dimension or another time and, and like his face and two hands are as much as he can get through to this time. Is he congruent with the types of magic and time travel we've seen or is he something else altogether? Is he some kind of astral traveler? Is he Kefka? I mean, another dimension, new galaxy. Exactly, because he looks like a clown. Kefka has clownish features as well and they have the same laugh. The Norsian Beckler seems ultimately to be on the good side of things rather than evil. Perhaps after Kefka gained the power of the gods by destroying the world to balance, became a, like separated himself into other aspects and uh, part of those pieces seeped out into other worlds, other galaxies, found themselves at the lowest point in the space-time continuum, the end of time, and wandered around 2000 AD when, when the telepod like that's just the natural point for the gate to occur man see specchio you know he creates clones of people that are convincing enough to uh mend time and convince like family members yeah are they animate another thing so when you have like not when you get in the Chrono Dub, when you're just getting a doll that is a copy of one of your party members. Um, when you win it, it is sent to their home in their time. Yeah, what kind of sorcery is that? <laughs> okay, Chrono, Luca, Marl. All exist in the same time period. Presumably other people are on to Marl and know her secret. Luca made the telepod and is at the fair. You could learn where she lives pretty easily. And Chrono is the only red hair sword... F- Falutin guy that I know. So he's probably not too hard to track down either. But as soon as the gates open up, suddenly you can send it across time like free postage. He's like, you clearly can travel through time. So I'm not going to, I'm not just going to give it to you here. You can go get it. Hmm. Maybe the real secret of the millennial fair isn't that it's celebrating a thousand years of the Guardia rule because we know that there's all sorts of things going on with that that doesn't make sense. This supposed peace and the relationship with poor. But perhaps 
the Millennial Fair is celebrating millennia of this one spot, this gate that opens itself to every other point in history. I love it. I can't believe it. We're in the world of Chrono Trigger. I knew things looked familiar. I don't remember this library being in the game. Maybe it's like the bend of time? Some sort of alternate universe? I can't wait to tell people all about this. Me too! It's gonna be so great! Wait, there... There might be a small problem. Small problem? The Zeal Archives is a Nixcast production and can be found on most podcatchers or at the source, zealarchives.com. If you have comments, criticisms, or kudos for episodes past, present, or future, we are on Twitter and Facebook as Zeal Archives. To learn more about the hosts, TNG, you can also check out thenixcast.com or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at thenixcast. And now, a special announcement. Begin energy transfer. Huh? The war fields seem to be affected by the pendant. Did I make it back? To that moment? There might still be time. On August 10th and 11th, join me at twitch.tv slash theraceagainsttime. Join Chrono, Marl, Robo, Isla, Frog, me, Luca, and a whole cast of other folks from your world in a race against time to stop Lavos and raise money for the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. The Alzheimer's Society of Canada is dedicated to improving the quality of life for folks affected by Alzheimer's disease and other dementias, and advancing the search for its causes and cures. Every single cent we raise goes to them. Last year, we broke all of our old records and raised over $1,200. This year, for the Race Against Time, with new guests and new prizes, we want to raise a goal of $1,500. If we can all help out, history as we know it may be changed forever. Please visit raceagainsttime.io for more information about the race or to find out how you can be a part of a future that did not refuse to change. Now, how do I get back? I guess I shouldn't have tinkered with the telepod.